face may not grace the mind of everyone in the world but that's all right as long as i can have one wish i pray She's got her father's eyes, her father's eyes, eyes that find the good in things when good is not around, eyes that find the source of hope when hope just can't be found, eyes full of Just like my father's eyes, my father's eyes, my father's eyes, oh, just like my father's eyes. On that day when we judged for all the deeds we have done good and bad they'll all be had to see by everyone and when you're called to stand and tell just what you saw in me more than anything I know I want your words to be she had her father's eyes, her father's eyes, eyes that saw the good in things when good was not around, eyes that saw the source of hope when hope could not be found, eyes full of compassion. Seeing every pain, knowing what you're going through, and feeling it the same. Just like my father's eyes, my father's eyes, my father's eyes. Just like my father's eyes, my father's eyes, my father's eyes, oh, just like my father's eyes.
Adel asked me if we could read Psalm 1. So if you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 1. It's a short psalm, but it's so beautiful, so encouraging. Psalm 1, and you can also follow along. Okay, test. Is that Psalm 1? <laughs> no, okay. Who knows where that verse is from? <laughs> Genesis 1-1. Okay, but hey, with technical troubles, it's okay because, you know, we're getting there. Ah, now. Well, of course, we got the different version. Okay, that's okay if you want to. <clears throat> okay. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Hold on, folks. We're, we're getting there. Can you scroll it back, Ed, to the first verse? Okay. All right. Let's start from there. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous." For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. May God bless the reading of his word, and now Adel will come up and bring us the Father's Day message. Thank you, Dean. We passed the test at the, gave us Genesis 1, and we passed the test, and we corrected Edward, right? <laughs> We corrected Edward. Uh, <laughs> uh, good, morning. good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? I'd rather be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning. I prefer to be in the house of the Lord more than anywhere else in the world more than anywhere else, and that's my heart's desire. You know, uh, uh, in our local newspapers, uh, I think Mike gets it, some of you get the local newspapers, last Monday or Tuesday, uh, they have asked all the mothers who read the newspaper, and they asked them to write something about their husbands as fathers. And I read it about uh, 40, uh, sayings, mothers heard that, none of them I liked, <laughs> except one I thought I would share with you. One at me, they made, when I was reading it in my, in my office, I started laughing at myself. And, but I said, okay, I will share it. And Mrs. Burkett, who is a um, 
from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, uh, California, wrote about her husband to her three sons when they were young, but now they are, she's happy to, she's proud of them. They grew up to be great children, she says. And her, her husband, when they were young, he sat them, the three of them, he said, this is it. Inside this house, inside this house, <clears throat> let me let me see if I if I get it, okay. dictatorship. Outside the United States of America. <laughs> Did you get that? Inside this house, dictatorship. And they grew up to be great children. I said, there is nothing, but I'd like to share it with you. We don't have dictatorship as fathers, we don't. We uh, raise our children according to the word of God. As the Bible says, raise up a child in the fear of the Lord, and when he grows up, he shall not depart from it. That's it. But it worked for this family, and I said, I'll share it with you, uh, especially outside the United States of America, outside freedom, but here, no, as long as you are under my jurisdiction. I have a verse I want to share with you, and uh, I want to speak about then a, a little message. The verse is found in 1 Timothy. Chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, Paul the father writing to his son, Timothy, his son in the Lord. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. May God bless his word. On this Father's Day, I would like to speak about the necessity for Christian homes and godly families. Every home needs a strong symbol of authority. And we look at that symbol. Who's the symbol should be? Tell me, fathers. We should be the symbol of authority and the fear of God. When the father is willing to accept this challenge and at the same time be compassionate and tender in dealing with every member of the family, the home, the home has a solid human anchor. The father actually cannot be all he ought to be as a father, and this is the most important point of the message today. He cannot be unless he knows Jesus Christ as his savior. You agree with that? So my message this morning is an appeal for our fathers, for all men actually, to be godly. And another, and secondly, that to be fathers in Jesus Christ and be the head 
of the home and the family. So what we need today, a call. We remember in the old cowboy days, you have wanted, 5,000 wanted. Today we have men are wanted. Wanted men who set examples. That's my first point. Paul writing to Timothy, he, say, he says, in five, in five areas, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity, be an example to all believers. Some people say, any man can be a father. It's a job that takes little talent. No. However, the rate of failure of fatherhood in the world today is higher than any other occupation. Do you know that? Fathers have a colossal, full-time job that most people underestimate. It is the most important task a man can take. Despite the changes, the vast changes in America, in our social fabric, despite the uh, liberties that life has given to men and women, the tradition still shows that sons and daughters follow in their parents' footsteps. Regardless of the call for liberty, it still says this is, they are following in their parents' footsteps. And may God help us. If we have children, those who have children, and men this morning, and women too, if you look at your daughters and your sons, and people say, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Remember that. How would you like them to say it? I leave it to you. And it is what strikes me nowadays that parents are not keen on bringing their children to church. As if this thing is a forgotten subject in their lives. They are keen on taking them to other functions, but the function of the church is secondary. Let me say this for the record. Unless God builds the house, they labor in vain, those who build it. Unless God comes first in the family, the family is going to be divided as we see it all around us. Parents today rush to the ball games with their children, to camping trips, to fishing trips. I have no problems with fishing trips because I don't want to be stoned after the meeting. I have no problem with fishing trips as it is Monday through Saturday. Understand that, fishermen. And uh, uh, I love the fish. But remember, remember, that's what they do. They, 
they put it above attending church. Sports above attending church. All other family recreation above attending church. And then they are amazed when their children grow up and say, Mommy, Daddy, we don't want to go to church. Do you know that children hear every word you say? Fathers, if you tell them you have to go to school, you have to work hard, you have to study hard, you have to finish high school in the future because you have to go to college, you know what they, remem they remember. They look at their daddy and they remember his plans and they remember what you tell them and what, where you take them, what you promise them to do, they will all re always remember. Um, Sylvia and I talk about that. I said, children are like computers nowadays. They, have, they print everything in their minds and imaginations. So whatever you tell the children, whatever you do to impress them, they will always remember it and they will always expect it to happen. So what kind of an example are we setting for our children? What kind of an example are we setting for our future generation? When our children look at us and they know that there is no compromise in our lives for Sunday morning, daddy and mommy are preparing themselves to take us to church. And if we have single mothers, you have my full respect that you are working on behalf of both to bring your children to church. You are the father and the mother, and may God bless you. Keep them coming to church. Set that example. And single parents, single fathers too, set that example. Because what you saw, they shall reap. Set it in speech, as Paul writes to Timothy. Whatever, remember, whatever comes out of your lips is going to stay in their mind, in their imagination forever. Whatever you, your behavior, your conduct, and they will, if they ever forget anything, they will never forget your love. Love them to death. And they look at you and see your face. And finally, they see the purity of life that you conduct. And that should affect them for the future. That's the challenge. Men who sets examples. Are we setting these examples? And so what kind of examples are we setting? Show yourself, Paul says. And on behalf of Paul, Men, fathers, young men who are hoping to become fathers, show yourselves above all in purity of conduct. I have come across some writings I want to, as we said, men are wanted, and someone wrote about the 10 most wanted men today, and I want to read it to you. 
the man who puts God's business above any other business. Men wanted, right? The man who brings his children to church rather than sends them there. The man who is willing to be the right example to every boy he meets. The man who thinks more of his Sunday church than he does his Sunday sleep. The man who measures his giving by what he has left rather by, by the amount he gives. The man who goes to church for Christ's sake rather than for himself or someone else. The man who has passion to help rather than to be helped. The man who can see his own faults before he sees the faults of others. The man who stands firm in his convictions based on the word of God. And finally, the man who is more concerned about winning souls for Christ than he is about winning honor. Wanted a man like this, right? May God help us, man. I'm with you. We're all together. Another wanted also righteous men. Righteous men. When God wanted a man to recreate the whole world again, when sin and wickedness was all over the world, he looked for a man. And I have a test for you today, and Dean knows that answer. Okay. He found a man of old. And who was that man, Dean? Noah. No, here we go. I never told him about that. Noah, encyclopedia, walking encyclopedia, Dean. And what did he find in Noah? Men, fathers, listen, what did he find? He found in Noah all the integrity in the world. He said he was a blameless man. In some of your Bibles, integrity. And then secondly, he found a man who is unique in his generation. The whole generation, unique. When you hear that, it says, you're a unique man. You will be walking like 10 feet tall. I am unique, right? He found him unique. And then, don't forget, as if he says, don't forget, in, in um, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, don't forget, and Noah walked with God. Amen. That's the man God uses. Number, first one, he said he was righteous, blameless, righteous. And what's the meaning of righteous? You say, hey, you throw this word, big word for me. Look, let's, let's interpret it a little bit. Right with God. Men, are we right with God? This is what God wants us, to be right with him. To have a good relationship with him. Everybody thinks about, when we say Noah, they think about the, the big boat, right? The ark. We have an ark room up there. And the little kids. And everybody talks about the ark. And the ark. And the animals. And sometimes, and Noah's ark. But they forget the man. Noah. 120 years. Blameless. Integrity. 120 years, he walked with God. 
Let's try walk with God one day. Let's try this day, today, as Father's Day. Let's try and walk with God today. Let's try to be his friend today. And when we walk, up, walk out of the church, he says, now, don't go there. And let's see how we react. Noah, don't go to this wicked generation. Aye, aye, sir. I always speak in this church about the yes man. God is looking for yes men. God is not looking for challengers. Let the world challenge God. God is looking for obedient men and women in this world. And that's why he chose Noah. And through Noah, he changed the world. He recreated the world completely anew. And did Noah survive? I have news for you, fathers. When you obey God, when you live in integrity, when you live a righteous life, when you obey him and love him and live in purity, you are going to survive any catastrophe under the sun. That's a promise not from Adel. It's a promise from the word of God. So let's, not, let's stop playing, man. This is not the time to play. It's a call to live examples in this world, in righteousness, in purity, in integrity, and above all, let us walk with God. Years ago, an ancient philosopher was walking the streets of his city with a lantern. He was stopped by someone. He said, hey, old man, what are you doing? The old man answered, I'm looking for an honest man. Honest men are rare. Honest businessmen are rare, especially nowadays. Honest workers are rare. Let us be one. Let us be these people that God is looking for. Wanted men who are righteous. We need today men and women of character who will not be swayed by the desire for gain or glory. We need men who are strong and uncompromising. We also need them to be tender and compassionate. Just what lo one look at our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we find? Men and also congregation. What do we find? If we look in the face of Jesus Christ, we see love, don't we? We see compassion, don't we? We see sympathy, don't we? We see mercy and forgiveness. May God help us to be imitator of our Savior. That's the call. This is what I mean by a righteous man. In our homes, we need fathers who have convictions concerning the great issues of life. I want to say, what are the great issues? Salvation is number one. Eternal life, who has convictions about the great issues, who worry about their kids, you want to see them getting saved. And young men and women today, young teenagers, I ask, the greatest issue of your life is not education, though I, you know me how I press on it, is not success, is not getting a job, 
is not the college. The greatest issue in your life is ask yourself, do I have eternal life? Do I have Jesus Christ as my Savior? And men, fathers, we are going to press about this great issue in life. We need them to be tender, I said, compassionate. And in our homes, we need fathers who, whose convictions concerning our daily lives should be a priority for him. Men, we are called to develop God's character in us. And then our families will grow, will grow and become families according to the heart of God. One of the saddest thing, things in life is when men or a man thinks that I have arrived. Have you met some of those? Said, I'm done, I'm everything, everything is okay. I know, I know where I stand, you know. I, am, I have reached, I have discernment. I'm afraid to say these words. I have discernment, I have the Holy Spirit. He directs me wherever I go. I know about the coming of the Lord. I know about everything. All I need is, I am for him to come. You know what is this, all, all of it? His pride. That's, this man is telling me, I have pride. But the humble man, he says, I'm striving to please God. Amen. I'm striving to be found pleasing in his eyesight. I want to know more about the Lord. Amen. I want to learn more about, about life. I have not reached. I have been with the Lord for 53 years, and I'm still trying to please him. <laughs> I'm still learning how to please him. F.B. Meyer once asked, F.B. Meyer, you wrote books, one of the great writers, if you read him. You wrote so many books in life. You are a man of God. You have, a, I think he's translated the Bible. You have done so many things. Where do you consider, you consider yourself that you've reached he said, I feel like I am a little baby on the seashore and I'm standing on all the sands and I am just like a lost baby there. Men, fathers, may God give us the heart to learn more. A heart open to listen more. A heart open to say, teach me more, and I will follow. When we have fathers in homes like our homes, you know what happens? Our homes will be successful. Because they are built then on the word of God, and the word of God is the rock of all ages. Amen. I pray that our lives will be filled with these virtues we talked about today, and God will bless you on that. Society, you know, does not help us. 
fathers nor mothers. And especially our society today is not a help for the family at all. The workplace is ruled by greed. Do you agree with that? Those people are still working, you know, overworking. Uh, during my days, I've uh, retired since 10 years. It was full with greed. Is it still today? Worse. worse, thank you. Who said worse? I thank you for that. Thank you. You are teaching me something today. Power. Disregard of ethics, right? No respect for the individual. It's all there in the workplace today. And what are we to do? We are to be the light of this world. Amen. May God help us to be the true fathers and the true men. So wherever we go, people would say, here's a different man of God. And also a righteous man must be open-minded. Listen to me, fathers. Listen to me, men. And our society, as I said, does not help us. They just want men to be machos. It's, am I right on that? Oh. Very machos. It was John Wayne, but this new generation, they don't know John Wayne. So let's have, <laughs> let's have something else. Okay, machos. We don't cry. We're tough. It's all, you know what it is? It's all pride. It's all pride. A real man is always willing to consider the possibility that there's some truth he has not yet discovered. You understand that? Okay, Adam, thank you. Some truth he has not learned. It takes a great man. It takes a great man who's close to God to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. In the family first. In the family first. When you're wrong in the family, young man, you should thank me for calling me young man. Well, in the, in the family fathers, when you're wrong, do you venture, do you have the courage to say, honey, I was wrong. Little to your daughter, I was wrong. To your son, I was wrong. Please forgive me. This is one of the most noble statements a father can give. And you know when we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I was wrong. I read someone who, uh, who made a comment on this. He said, when we admit that we were wrong, and this is not from me, we are actually saying that we are smarter today than when we were yesterday. Yesterday, I erred, but I'm smarter today because I said, I erred, and I'm sorry, forgive me. So where are we? We need men. Third thing, and I will finish quickly. Last but not least, who love their families. Fathers, do you love your family? A family is the most profound 
of all human relationships. A man who genuinely cares for his family is investing his affection in that which will pay the greatest dividends in the future. How's your relationship with your wife? How is your, how's your relationship with your children? Tell me, where do you stand with this family that God has given you? And if a man loves his family, he will be faithful and true to the marriage vows. Leave the world, the world outside, it's no more marriage vows. And thank God we still conduct our weddings according to biblical values. Those who took the vows in our church are going to keep them, and they will keep them. I see them happily married, and thank God, the last one who is so happily married, I asked him today, I said, Cameron, how is it? Are we still in love? He said, much more. You owe me, Cameron. <laughs> we are called as fathers and head of families to set examples in faithfulness to the family. This is important, but what is more important for men is to love and sacrifice for the family God has given them. You do that. May I remind you this day, men, married men, David included, may I remind you this day that the beautiful wife that God gave you and the children, if there's any, are blessings from above. Not, ah, oh, Oh, no. God blessed you with a child. Sacrifice for this child. Raise him in the fear of God. Don't look for a me time. Don't look to rest. God gave you this child, and there is no rest, even when they grow to be 50 years old. Your worry changes. From growing to school, to high school, to teenagers, to when, they, when they're got married, worried all the time. We worry, won't we? I'm the first one, you know. But, you know, God has blessed us with them. And this is life. Amen. You want to get married? Yes. You want to get children? Yes. But be prepared to be a good father, taking up the responsibilities, and a faithful man of God. Treasure the children that God has given you. Handle them with ex extreme care. Show them how much you love them at all time. They should be part of your plans. He'll listen to this one. They should be part of your plans and ambitions, for they are always the most faithful and supporting cast that you will ever have. Live honoring God. I don't think there's a preach I do without mentioning I will honor those who honor me. Live honoring God, and he will honor you by helping you to lead and, and guide this household of faith that he has given you. Let your motto be, Lord, what 
will you have me to do? You know who said that? Paul the apostle on the road to Damascus. Lord, what will you have me to do? For God can be dependent on to help you through and give you all your necessities in life. Walk with God continually and consistently seek his face, his will, and then do the will of God. And he will sustain you till he comes. I read Sylvia the other day handed me something. He said, honey, you might use it in your, in your uh, preach Sunday. I looked at it. I said, it's a God-given article. And here it is. The world needs men. Men who cannot be bought. It's challenging, isn't it? Whose word is their bond. Who put character about, above wealth who are larger than their vocations, who do not hesitate to take chances, who will not lose their identity in the crowd, who will be as honest in small things as in great things. That's summing all this up. Who will make no compromise with wrong, whose ambitions are not confined to their own selfish desires. Who will not say they do it because everybody else does it? Who are true to their friends? Who do not believe that shrewdness and cunning are the best qualities for winning success? Who are not ashamed to stand for the truth when it is unpopular, especially nowadays? Who can say no? with emphasis, although the rest of the world says yes. God, make me this kind of man. Can we say that? God, make me this kind of man. A man of integrity. A man setting examples. A man who does the Lord's will and a man who is faithful to his family. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Thank you, Father, for giving us this opportunity to review the words, your words, and try to apply them to our lives and our hearts. Bless each and every one. Bless this congregation that you have planted in this beautiful valley. May we all Men, women, children, families, honor you in our lives. Bless this day in the lives of each and every one. And may you be with them as they celebrate Father's Day. We pray, Lord, that help us. When the world sees us, they look in our faces and they see the face of God. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you and be with you. Have a happy Father's Day. And see you tomorrow, men and women, at the meeting at 730.